Hi, I'm Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Standing by to join me is Dr. Dale Bredesen. He's an internationally recognized expert in the mechanisms of neurodegenerative diseases, such as Alzheimer's disease. He's the author of the New York Times bestsellers, The End of Alzheimer's, which came out in 2017, and The End of Alzheimer's Program came out in 2020. He's held faculty positions at UC San Francisco, UCLA, and the University of California, San Diego. Without further ado, welcome to the show, Dr. Bredesen. Thanks so much, Janine. Thanks for having me. I was so intrigued by, um, by this book because as as I had mentioned, I've been really focused with my own well-being of having an anti-inflammatory diet. Um, tell me about why this book, The End of Alzheimer's Program, the first protocol to enhance cognition and reverse decline at any age, why was this such an important book for you to write? Well, actually, we, we just came out with a new one, which is The First Survivors of Alzheimer's, which is the third one. But the, the first book was about the science. It was about, for the first time, we could begin to understand this disease because it's been a controversial disease. As you know, people have all sorts of theories. It's due to amyloid. It's due to tau. It's type 3 diabetes, you know, what have you. Um, so a lot of people after the first book said, we want more detail. We want to, you know, you know, what URLs do we go to? What workarounds do we have? All these sorts of things. And so that's why I wrote the second one, which is the program that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, but just a couple of days ago, the third one, which is the first survivors of Alzheimer's came out. And this detailed seven different people um, who have all improved. And so these are the, you know, these are the first survivors. We have now hundreds of them. But when we published our first examples back in 2014, and then 100 examples in 2018, and then we just finished a clinical trial where 84% of people actually improved their scores, didn't just slow their decline, but actually improved their scores. And we have people now who are almost a decade and have sustained their improvement. So these are you know, really uh, heartfelt stories. People talk about uh, you know, how their doctors told them, forget it, there's nothing to be done. They went, kind of went from hopelessness uh, to improving. And so I thought it would be important to get the word out. Uh, here's how you look at this disease in a very different way and how you, and how you can actually prevent it and reverse the problems. Sure. I was at uh, the Natural Products Expo several years ago, and I remember somebody yeah. talking about the correlation with gut health and yes. brain health. Mm -hmm. And they were showing somebody with um, MS mm -hmm. and how they, you know, did a fecal transfer. I think that was the term and yes. how that changed everything. Does this, do you talk about the gut brain connection? Absolutely. And gut brain connection has turned out to be important in Parkinson's, in Alzheimer's, and of course, in m many others, as you mentioned. And of course, Dr. Terry Walls has done some beautiful work on multiple sclerosis. Um, and of course, improved her own MS, and, and that mm -hmm. includes gut health. So you're absolutely right. Your gut microbiome, and by the way, also your oral microbiome and your sinus microbiome, yes. all of these critical, um, there is communication with your brain. And you do see, in fact, different microbiomes in those who have Alzheimer's from those who do not have Alzheimer's. And uh, I don't know whether we'll be doing fecal transplants for Alzheimer's because there are many other factors than just that. Yes. Uh, but no question, having an important microbiome and having, a, having a, an optimized one. And we, we talk about this in the book, uh, number one, to have appropriate probiotics because you want to, you know, you want to feed your gut, gut bacteria, having appropriate prebiotics. The prebiotics are feeding 
the, the actual organisms that you get with the probiotics. And then of course, having a non-leaky gut. So many of us have a leaky gut. This was not recognized when I was in medical school, but it's turned out to be a very common problem. And this of course leaks various constituents, components, cell wall components, uh, lipopolysaccharide, things like that, and can be one of the causes of systemic inflammation, which again, yes. contributes to cognitive decline. So having an optimal microbiome is very important. You know, you, you're speaking my language because when my daughter was younger, she was on so many antibiotics for ear infections. Mm, yeah. And I didn't realize that she had a dairy allergy. And it was this six, every six weeks she was getting sick or yeah. her dust allergy. So it was antibiotics, antibiotics, and then the leaky gut diagnosis. Exactly. And our daughter, by the way, did the same thing. And she actually developed early lupus when she was oh. in high school. We took her to two of the world experts on lupus and they both said, oh, there's nothing much to do. When she gets more severe, we know we'll put her on steroids. And we finally then took her to a functional medicine physician who said, oh, I know what causes this. She's got a leaky gut and actually did the appropriate testing and showed that indeed she had a very leaky gut. Mm -hmm. When she addressed that, her lupus got much, much better. And she's had virtually no problem in the last 10 years now. Amazing. See, that's the thing. Um, one, one thing I do want to mention, and we'll jump into your book, is that the reason this was so important for me to have you on my show is because as a child, I dealt with all these health issues and eczema and you know food allergies, and it affected my mental, physical, and emotional health. No question. These are so important. And, you know, humans are complex organisms. And we physicians have gotten away over the years with writing simple prescriptions and never really asking, why did you get this? Why did you get your lupus? Yeah. Why did you get your ADHD? Why did you get your Asperger's? All these sorts of important things. Yes. I call it being a detective. Yes, that's exactly right. right? I know. That's 21st century medicine. It sure is. So let's jump in. Tell me about your program. You talk about optimizing your cognition, overall health, things like Abs that. Yes, absolutely. So what we found for 30 years of laboratory research is that there are four major contributors to cognitive decline. And in fact, your, your brain has this beautiful balance between making and keeping synapses, making and keeping memories, and pulling back. So you're, you're doing this all the time. You're actively forgetting the, you know, the seventh song that played on the radio and the way to work yesterday. But as we get older, you, the balance shifts toward less making and more breaking. So the four major contributors are, as you indicated, anything that's inflammatory, whether it's a leaky gut or it's chronic sinusitis or it's poor dentition, any of these sorts of things, metabolic syndrome. Secondly, various toxins. And these can be biotoxins, inorganic toxins, or toxins. So all of us, for example, air pollution turning out to be an important contributor and an important risk factor for cognitive decline. The third one is reduced energetics. So poor vascular flow, poor oxygenation. If you have sleep apnea, it's another contributor. Mitochondrial function and ketones, being able to burn those, very important for your brain. And then the fourth one is growth factors, things like neurotrophic factor, NGF, BDNF, various hormones, things like estradiol, testosterone, progesterone, pregnenolone, thyroid, insulin. These are all hormones critical for brain health and brain support. And then nutrients, things like vitamin D 
and vitamin B12. And by the way, many of the risk factors for poor outcomes in COVID-19 are also risk factors for Alzheimer's disease from obesity to insulin resistance to low vitamin D, all these sorts of things, critical. And so the program simply identifies those. So instead of just saying, here, take this drug, we're looking at each person to say, why did you get this? And it's a little different for each person. And we therefore look at all these different factors, and then we use a precision medicine protocol to address all of these different factors. And we've seen with that unprecedented results. And this was recorded in our recent trial, which is now published or is now posted on um, Meta archive. I'm listening to you and I'm thinking how much we've been in a mental health pandemic and how what you're talking about, you know, cleaning up the diet, being a detective with older adults. I mean, there's specific research, you know, out, which I've seen. I was just part of a fellowship, um, the Age Boom Academy at Columbia University Mm -hmm. about how, you know, there's depression and isolation because of the pandemic. I believe strongly when you clean up anyone's diet, any age, and you uncover these things, you can improve their mental health. Absolutely. And in fact, in the middle of our trial, uh, the pandemic began. And so what we saw was people had improved up until then. And then some of the people actually backslid a little bit with this. It's just what you had mentioned, the isolation. Mm -hmm. Um, They did less. They got out less. They were more depressed. They got poorer sleep. All of these things are critical contributors. Now, the big concern in the future, as you know, there's a concern that, in fact, people who developed COVID-19 may be at increased risk for developing cognitive decline in the future because, of course, many have had brain fog. And as someone who's actually recovering from Delta variant myself right now, really, uh, you know, yeah. And and this was despite fully full vaccination and precautions and all that, I still got Delta variant. So as they say, it's much more contagious than the original. Excuse me. What were your symptoms, Dr. Bredesen? Yeah. So the symptoms were, of course, I lost, I lost my sense of smell completely for a couple of days. Um, I actually, you feel like a train ran over you. So you have absolutely no energy. And in fact, oh. interestingly, um, the, my, my Apple watch showed me that. So I'm just now I'm, I'm a month into this and I'm still not back to my VO two max that I had before this. So my cardiovascular status, my fitness status is still about 50% reduced from where it was. So I, I went down about Whoa. 12% and now I'm kind of halfway back. So I'm halfway mm. back to, to where I was and slowly getting better. And so, you're vaccinated. I mean, absolutely. Need to know that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, unfortunately, yeah, that's, that's a problem with the Delta variant. It's highly mm. contagious. Uh, so my wife and I, unfortunately, both ended up getting it. And mm. This was a, one, one of the first trips we'd taken um, in a long time because of the pandemic. So yeah, everyone out there, please stay safe. That was my next question is how do you think you got it? Yeah. We actually traveled. And so, and we, again, we took precautions, but we were in a hotel. We had mostly outdoor meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had some meetings actually at UCLA and, and some were outdoors, but there were some where, as you know, you, you go into a restaurant and it'll say, you know, if you've been vaccinated, you need not wear a mask. Well, oh, that was probably it. a bad idea. We should yes. all be, we should all be careful. Right. Absolutely. You know, the other thing this brings up for me is I'm thinking, I remember my grandmother living in a uh, retirement home uh, mm-hmm. in Florida and the food they served. And, and I'm thinking if perhaps if there was a different um, 
type of menu available for people that uh, were living in these retirement homes that fostered greater mental health, physical health, it would be great. This is absolutely a critical point, and it's a good time to bring it up because, as you know, you go into these assisted living facilities and all you do is go downhill. Well, in fact, now in San Diego, the first one that has opened, it's Dr. Heather Sanderson, who actually trained with us. She's a fantastic physician down in San Diego who opened Marama, M-A-R-A-M-A, and it is an assisted living facility that uses our protocol, and she's documenting people actually getting better in, wow. a, in this assisted living facility, wow. so it's just fantastic to see. Yes. Yeah, because there are so, I feel like there are several factors that people aren't aware of. Um, also, I remember my grandmother not having enough um, stimulation mentally. It was, there was so much cognitive decline. It was, you know, it's really a thing to watch. It is. Yeah. And so incredibly common, unfortunately, Uh, you know, it really dwarfs the current pandemic. So as you know, over 600,000 have died uh, from COVID-19, but about Mm -hmm. 45 million of the currently living Americans will die from Alzheimer's disease if we don't do something about it. So Mm -hmm. it's really a pandemic that dwarfs the COVID-19 pandemic. Yes. And I feel like people could really start again with their diet, with really looking at things that they can cut out and live a cleaner life. I know I've had to do this for myself, no dairy. I actually don't even eat gluten. Everything is like real pure food. Yes. And that, you know, that's the beginning, as you said. So we think in terms of the basics, you start with diet, exercise, sleep, stress, brain training, detoxification, and some targeted supplements. Those are the basics. What we recommend is that everybody get a cognoscopy. If you're 45 or older, please get a, you know, we know that you're going to get a colonoscopy when you turn 50, get a cognoscopy when you turn 45. What is a cognoscopy? So a cognoscopy is where you're, and by the way, it's, you know, it's uh, much more pleasant than a colonoscopy. Okay. (laughs) And so, yeah. So it's looking at the critical variables that, that give you risk for cognitive decline. So it's a simple thing. It's, a series of blood tests. So just like you'd look at, you know, your lipid profile for cardiovascular disease, you're looking at a brain health profile. And then secondly, it is a simple online cognitive assessment, because as you know, this thing can sneak up on you. Many people don't realize that they're in the earliest stages that the underlying biochemistry begins about 20 years before a diagnosis of Alzheimer's. And then the third part of that um, is optional. If you're asymptomatic, if you don't have any symptoms and you're scoring well on your cognitive assessment, you don't need to do an MRI. But if you have any symptoms, you want to include an MRI with volumetrics. So you're looking at your hippocampal volume, you're looking at your gray matter volume and those sorts of things. So that's it. That's a a cognoscopy. And it helps so that basically pretty much everyone can prevent this problem. We've really gotten to the point where um, this disease is optional if you just don't wait. Sure. So as soon as you start seeing decline of a family member, there are things you can do. And yeah, the earlier, the better. And again, preferably get on prevention. But if you don't, certainly the earliest reversal, because people tend to put it off and put it off and put it off. And the farther downstream you are, the farther along in the pathway, uh, the more difficult it is to get improvement and the less complete the improvement tends to be. You know, I'm also uh, very fascinated with how there are millions of older adults that stay physically and mentally active and show little to no signs of Alzheimer's. They're, 
they're athletes, they're, you know, they're dancers, they're painting, they're et cetera, et cetera. They're doing sports, everything. Yes, you're right. And that definitely decreases the risk. On the other hand, you mentioned the sports, um, the head trauma associated with many sports can be an increased risk, of course. Um, and we see that, of course, with everything from, you know, football players to people that have been heading soccer balls for years to people that have been taking volleyballs into the head and on and on. Right. I know. I, I think of Muhammad Ali. Yes, absolutely. You know, all the head trauma. Where can people find out more about you and your book? Yeah, so the, the book is available anywhere, you know, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Costco, you know, any, anywhere that books are sold. Uh, and uh, it's, it's out from Random House. You can also get information at drbredesen.com or at apollohealthco.com uh, and on Facebook, uh, Dr. Dale Bredesen. You know, one thing I didn't ask you, and I want to um, ask you this, um, what is your opinion, if you have an opinion, on the new Alzheimer's drug? Yeah, so aducanumab, which is the trade name Aduhelm, was approved by the FDA on June 7th. And as you know, it went against the entire uh, expert panel that had been convened with 11 experts. Ten of them voted strongly against approval. The 11th one said he wasn't sure. So nobody voted for approval. And that's because it doesn't make people better at its best. In one trial at one dose, it slowed the decline by 22%. In another trial, it didn't slow decline at all. 17% of the patients have microbleed into the brain, 40% of the patients have a swelling of the brain, and the cost is about $100,000 per year. Oh so my again, gosh. Yeah. So again, we are, the, the drug itself is 56,000, but you have to have you know, infusions, you know, you have to have all these other things to get, you have to have specific scans, et cetera. So it, it, you know, you can save a lot of time and brain by getting on appropriate prevention or early reversal uh, and in avoiding having to go. I think in the long run, you know, uh, appropriate drugs with, with uh, personalized protocols are going to be the best way to go. But, you know, this, this drug was approved. People have said, experts have said that it is uh, one of the largest mistakes that the FDA has ever made. In fact, there's a congressional inquiry into this, as you know, an yeah. investigation into why this was approved. Was there, you know, money under the table? What was going on? Was this ethical, unethical? Awful. So that's, that's the concern. Absolutely awful. I mean, I'm very um, cautious when it comes to medication. I, you know, I always think, what will the side effects be? And, you know, I I would never jump on that bandwagon. So thank you for answering that question. We've been speaking with Dr. Dale Bredesen. You can uh, find out more at drbredesen, B-R-E-D-E-S-E-N.com. Thanks so much, Janine. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this. All right. Great talking to you. You too. Stay, Stay safe.